started off the year looking at uh, organic outreach. I don't know if you remember that um, or, or not. You don't have to raise your hand and, and tell me whether you rem- remember that. I'll remind you of it. Uh, and uh, I hope that it's not just a sermon series, oh, aren't we done with that, let's move on kind of thing, but that it's something that uh, the, the, the changes, uh, organic outreach is all about, it's a concept about uh, that, that there are people all around us that God wants us to reach, that he wants to use us in our unique way, the way God has put us together in order to reach other people for him, to help them uh, uh, love him just like we love him. And so we're, I'm living on fire for God and intentionally helping other people to do the same. And so, uh, so you know, we've, now we're studying about love, which is how we do that. We, we connect with people as we, as we love them. We connect with them and we help them connect with, with Jesus. We, we tell you, I, I tell you all the time, it's printed on your, your bulletin. Uh, some of you probably have a tattoo by now that says, we live to love people to life, right? You've got that, we'll, we'll be doing this. We need to have a tattoo artist out here after church on Sundays just to do that. Maybe not. Um, we live to love people to life. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's drives everything that we do. I hope that it's starting to drive what you do in your life. And if that's true, if we live to love people to life, we need to know what love looks like. What, what does it look like to love someone to life, uh, whether in your family or in your job or at school or wherever you find yourself, we should be characterized by God's kind of love. And so we've already seen that love is patient and love is kind. Um, again, I, I probably should open it up to testimonies to see uh, how God has been challenging you in developing your patience and your kindness. Um, spending Friday night and most of Saturday with two million teenagers. Uh, is a great opportunity to develop patience and kindness. I would highly recommend it. Next year, you can come with me, and uh, we, can, we can do that. Uh, I, I hope that you are, and, and I hope too, if, if I say that and you go, ooh, I really haven't been very patient, or I had this come up and I just I, I didn't, didn't do it right, I didn't do it well, I, don't, don't beat yourself up. Just know that you had the chance, and, and, and maybe you took a step toward getting more patient, and next time, you'll be even more. When we, when we develop these things in our lives, it's not that God just zaps it in there, uh, but that he gives us opportunities to practice. And so we have the chance to be more patient, to be more kind. And so we're developing these things in our lives. And today I want us to go down and, and don't worry, we, we really are going to uh, do this series ending on Easter. So, and I know there's like 16 of these things and we've gotten through two and we've gotten like three weeks left. So we need to, uh, we need to speed things up. But today we're going to look at several that, that, that all, I think all of them are, can be categorized in, in, uh, in, in a category. Uh, they're all about focusing on other people, not on ourselves. Uh, and, and let's just, read that whole passage there in the middle of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 4, and it describes God's kind of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. 
it's an amazing picture. I mean, it's, it's a, a description of something that's very attractive. I mean, we are drawn to people that display these things, right? We want those kind of people in our lives, people that are patient and kind, people that don't envy and, and don't boast and they're not proud and, and they're, they're, they're uh, forgiving and they're not easily angered and, 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 and we want other people to be like that for us. I hope that you also want to be that kind of person for the people in your life. This isn't just some pie in the sky, oh yeah, love is like that, but I'll never be like that. This is how we need to love as we're talking about loving people to life. So we said love is patient, love is kind. We, we spent, uh, spent uh, a couple of weeks on, each of the, uh, on those together and now the next several get the focus off of ourselves and onto the people that we're trying to love. Love doesn't envy or isn't jealous. It says love doesn't boast. It isn't proud. It isn't rude or maybe your translation says it's not dishonoring to others. Uh, love is not self-seeking. It's not me first. Um, all of these things, I think, dig into pride and selfishness, two things that seem to war against the development of this kind of love in our lives, pride and selfishness. When I'm thinking of myself, love suffers. Everyone deals with issues of, of pride in their lives. It, it just, it, it's, it's right there. We're, we're born with that. Um, Maybe you've heard the story of uh, Muhammad Ali when he was uh, uh, kind of in his prime and, and he was uh, taking, a, taking a flight somewhere and, and the plane is about to take off and the stewardess came by and noticed that his seatbelt wasn't on and, and said, uh, uh, Mr. Ali, uh, you need to fasten your seatbelt. And Muhammad Ali said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. To which the stewardess says, Superman don't need no plane. Now get your seatbelt on. Uh, <laughs> Muhammad Ali was kind of, it's kind of a, 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 you know, he, he kind of played up that, that whole pride and arrogant kind of thing um, uh, and, and was kind of known for that. Every, all of us deal with, with pride. I think we see it uh, from the youngest to the oldest uh, and, and, and uh, heard about some kids that were, uh, were on the playground, some boys that were on the playground and, and as boys do, uh, they, uh, they started talking about and promoting or, or talking about how great their dads were and saying, you know, my dad's better than your dad, you know, and, and, and so, so the one kid uh, said, well, my dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper, he calls it a poem and they give him a hundred bucks. Well, the next one said, well, that's nothing. My dad scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a song, and they give him a thousand bucks. And then uh, the third kid was a pastor's kid, and uh, he was not to be outdone. And so he spoke up and said, well, my dad's better than either one of your dad. He scribbles a few words on a piece of paper. He calls it a sermon, and it takes four men just to collect all the money. <laughs> Pride. Uh, we want to. We want to brag. We want to uh, want to make ourselves feel good or look good. Uh, we're, we're, and, and we're taught to be proud of ourselves, and, and we should be. We we want to make our parents proud. We're proud of our kids. We take pride in our work. Uh, that that's not the kind of pride we're we're talking about. It's it, it's it, it, those those are those are fine things. But uh, I think you probably also know about the person, or, or you. you, you can relate to someone who comes off as proud or arrogant. We might call them full of themselves. I, I don't know. It's, it's not a very endearing characteristic for someone to be uh, arrogant or, 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 or full of pride. And it, it's usually pretty easy to spot. We can see these people. We can, we can see the, this, these characteristics in people's lives. It's not as easy to spot 
in our own lives. Uh, the old preacher Uncle Buddy Robinson once said that pride is the only disease known to man that makes everyone sick except the one who has it. Uh, we, uh, we, we tend to be proud and we don't necessarily see it in ourselves all the time. Definitions of, uh, of pride could include excessive self-esteem or too much attention and confidence in yourself. Pride includes uh, some of the things that are listed here in 1 Corinthians 13, boasting or bragging, uh, being rude, uh, being jealous, uh, making sure that I'm taken care of above everyone else. Um, all of these things are included, but at its, at its root, sinful pride means putting ourselves above others and above God, that I am the most important thing in my life. It's a lack of submission to the authority of God in my life. And so if I'm, if I'm going to love like Jesus loves, if I'm going to love people to life, I have to let God root out pride and instead focus on the well-being of the people around me. Uh, a, a few things, and I think it's probably on your outline there, a uh, few things that pride says, things that pride says. One, one thing that pride says is, I'm better than you. Uh, maybe doesn't say it out loud, but that's how we act. Uh, we, we see this with, with the isms of the, of the world. We see this with, with, with racism or, or nationalism or, um, denominational, is that a word? Denominationalism. Uh, any, any group that we're in and we say that we're right and you're wrong and I, we're better than you. And, uh, and, and we see that, uh, unfortunately, we continue to see that in our society and in our culture and it's, it's kind of how we're raised and we stick together with those that are like us and, and, uh, whether it's our, our own race or our own country or our own, uh, church beliefs, uh, you know, I'm, it's, it's, it's I'm right and you're not or it's I'm right and you're dumb <laughs> or it's, it's uh, we're right and we're really not going to say that you're wrong but we're certainly not going to venture over in, t- into your neck of the woods so to speak. Politics, big one. Uh, let's talk politics. No, let's not talk politics today. Uh, we, we, can, we can get so caught up in this is what I believe and this is what I think is right and I'm better than you. We, we talked about this a little bit with, with uh, uh, love is patient uh, because impatience uh, simply says I shouldn't have to wait for you because I'm better than you uh, I, I shouldn't have to wait so I'm I'm uh, rudeness and that's one that's, that's listed here in, in this list love is not rude uh, whether that's I don't know out with your own family or whether it's out at the restaurant or whatever we we, we shouldn't be love another way to say this I think it's in the uh, the, the message uh, Bible it says love has manners uh, love is, uh, is and it's it's back to that kindness and and uh, compassion for others love is not rude pride says I'm better than you. Pride also says, along the same lines, I'm more important than you. Uh, an unforgiving heart can, can fester. You, you hurt me. Uh, my feelings are more important than yours. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to deal with you. I'm not going to love you. Uh, or there, it also shows up as a lack of repentance. I, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, you you wronged me. I, I shouldn't have to say I'm sorry. Uh, next week we're going to talk a lot about forgiveness and, and how love looks like and acts like uh, forgiveness and what that should look like in our lives. Uh, I'm more important.
important than you. I shouldn't have to forgive or I shouldn't have to repent for anything. Uh, it shows up as a lack of compassion. I'm more important than, than you. My needs are more important. I'm going to make sure that I'm taken care of uh, before I ever think about having compassion on anyone else. Uh, so I'm better than you. I'm more important than you. Uh, pay attention to me. That's another thing that pride says. Pay attention to me. Uh, I remember doing this a lot and even our kids doing this a lot and you kids probably do this with your parents. Hey mom, watch this. Hey dad, look at this. And then, you know, you do something cool and you look around and they missed it because they were on their phone. No, that heavens no, that wouldn't wouldn't happen. No, we, we, a lot of times it's, hey, hey, you know, pay attention to me. Look at me. Uh, I, I, I need... We, we see that all the time with, uh, with, with our society of, of um, uh, put it, 15 minutes of fame and wanting to be on these reality TV shows and I'm going to get my 15 minutes of fame. Or, or uh, it, it really is a category these days that uh, many kids, when you ask them what, uh, what they want to be when they grow up, uh, one of the top uh, things is a, maybe, maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't, uh, a YouTuber. This is, a, this is a thing, and uh, this is one of the top, if not the top, I, I don't have the list here in front of me, of, uh, of the, uh, uh, one of the things that kids want to be, because they, they just want to, it's, it's basically saying, hey, pay attention to me, look at me, uh, I'm important, you need to pay attention to me. A lot of times we see this in, in our conversation. Uh, somebody says something and it triggers something in our minds and 20 minutes later I'm still telling you my story when I started off asking you about you and, uh, and then I turned the, the conversation just right around to me. Uh, pay attention to me. My stuff's more important than yours. Another thing that pride says is I can do it myself. I can do it myself. It turns into ungratefulness or a lack of saying thanks because, hey, I, I did it myself. I, I handled that myself. I don't need you. Uh, I can do it myself. It also looks uh, uh, as, as an unteachable spirit. I, I, don't, I don't have anything to learn from you. I, I, I know it all already. I'm not interested in self-examination or, or, or looking at things that might need to improve or in my life. I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not really looking to grow. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not really teachable. And so I'm not submitting myself to, to uh, learning or growing in any capacity. And, and so then there's, there's no submission to authority that ultimately I know best. I can do it myself. Um, I'm in charge. I'm the boss. Uh, all those kind of, Pride says all of those things. Love doesn't necessarily say any of those things. We don't want to be around people like that, right? Uh, people that are always focused on themselves. Uh, chances are uh, you've probably been that person at some point. I hate to break it to you. Uh, pride can rear its ugly head in our lives in a lot of different ways. And, uh, and, and not only is that type of living unattractive, but the Bible actually says that God hates it. God hates the pride in our lives. Proverbs, man, there's a, there's a boatload of proverbs that talk about pride and the, the problems of pride. Just a few of them. This is by no means uh, all of them, but uh, in the book of Proverbs in, in chapter 8 verse 13 God says, I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. 1525 The Lord tears down the house of the proud. 165 The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. 1618 Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. 214 Haughty eyes and a proud heart produce sin. Uh, Proverbs 29 23, pride brings a person low. Over and over and over again we see that, that pride is, is completely the opposite of what God wants for our lives. I think that last one, pride brings a person low um, is especially meaningful 
Usually, uh, if we're arrogant and, and full of pride, it's because we think we're on top, right? We're most important, we're in charge, and we're looking down on others. But in actuality, in reality, uh, pride is actually bringing us low. We may think that, that a, a little pride is no big deal, but, but literally, pride is the root of sin. Um, I always heard uh, growing up that, that uh, what's, the, what's the middle letter in sin? I. It's all about, it's all about I, right? Um, Thomas Aquinas says, inordinate self-love is the cause of every sin. The root of pride is found to consist in man not being in some way subject to God and his rule. C.S. Lewis, a proud man is always looking down on things and people, and of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. It keeps our eyes off of God, right? We're focused on, uh, we're looking down on others. Andrew Murray, uh, in his little book, Humility, says, Pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Uh, man, that would be a great one to just uh, toss around in your head for a couple of weeks. Pride must die in me or nothing of heaven can live in me. And pride is the primary thing that gets in the way of our love, loving the way God wants us to love. And, and I think one big thing that, that gets in the way of this is comparison, comparing ourselves to other people. Um, I mean, I, I, we want to be the best, we want to look the best, we want to see how we measure up compared to other people, so we compete and we compare and we complain and God wants us to love and it's not about competition or comparison, it's about love. Uh, and so that's where envy and jealousy, I think, comes into play. And that's part of this list as well. It says love does not envy. Uh, jealousy, comparing myself to someone else. They've got something and I don't. Or, or they don't have something and I do. And, 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 uh, and so I'm comparing myself uh, to others. There, there's a story of, a, of an uh, older couple in a restaurant one evening. And, and, and the wife looked over and saw another couple about the same age as, as them. And, and uh, they were sitting on the same side of the booth and, and uh, the, the husband's sitting close to his wife and his arm is around her and, and he's whispering things into her ear and she's smiling and laughing and blushing and he's rubbing her shoulder and brushing back her hair and this woman from across the restaurant nudges her husband and says, look at that couple over there. Look how, that, how close that man is to his wife and how he's talking to her. Look how sweet he is. Why don't you ever do that? And he looked up from his plate and looked over at the couple for a minute and then looked back at his wife and says, Honey, I don't even know that woman. <sighs> Jealousy, envy, wishing things were different, comparing ourselves to others. Uh, it, it gets in the way of true love that God wants for us. Love is that, that is committed to someone uh, is, uh, so in one sense, I guess, uh, you know, there is a place for, for some form of jealousy in love in that if I'm committed to a, a, a loving relationship, it's okay if, uh, if, if, you know, that I'm expecting commitment back, right? I, I mean, the Bible says in some places that God is jealous, right? He's a jealous God. He doesn't want our commitment to wander f toward anyone or anything else but him, uh, but, but that's different from envy, Envy is all about comparison and competition. I want to be better than you, or at least I don't want you to be better than me. You see the difference there? Uh, there? There are winners and there are losers in life, and I'm secretly afraid that I'm a loser, and so I want to make sure that you're not a winner. That's envy. 
Uh, Sir Francis Bacon once said, where there is no comparison, there is no envy. Gordon MacDonald said, the soul cannot be healthy when one compares himself or herself to others. The soul dies a bit every time it's involved in a lifestyle that competes. And Thomas Lindbergh, one sign of envy is when it's easier to show sympathy and to, quote, weep with those who weep than it is to exhibit joy and to, quote, rejoice with those who rejoice. So envy has a lot to do with how I view myself. Uh, some might call it a low self-esteem or a lack of self-love. And most of the time, if we get to the real heart of the issue, envy isn't so much about others being further ahead, but uh, more that I see myself as further behind. And usually we don't envy people who are far removed from us. Uh, I, I don't really envy Phil Mickelson uh, because I'll never get close to his skill on the golf course. The danger for me might be that I'd envy the pastor up the road who has a little bigger, stronger church than I do, right? Uh, I'm going to compare people, uh, compare myself uh, to, to people that are, that are kind of almost the same. We envy those who are like us, only better, someone said. Um, we can all put ourselves in that in that position. James chapter 3 verses 13 through 16 says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by their deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such quote wisdom does not come down from the heaven, but is earthly, spiritual, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Envy and selfishness are not from God. This says that very plainly. It's sinful. It's not spiritual. It's literally, James says, that our pride and our arrogance and our envy is demonic. It comes from uh, the devil and his angels. It doesn't come from God. And so there is no place in our love, if we're going to love like Jesus loves, there's no place for envy uh, in, in that love that God wants us to have. Pride and envy are anti-love. Whether, whether consciously or not, we start seeing people as rivals to be compared to, to be competed with, to be beaten. Uh, and, and with pride in our hearts, we have trouble uh, loving God because God gets the blame that others are better than us and we blame him for their success and for our failure. To win at envy, Rebecca DeYoung said, is to destroy love Love for God, for others, and for ourselves. So, uh, pride and envy have no place in our love. Uh, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it is not proud, it is not boastful, it is not self-seeking. Uh, it, it all, all is not rude. All those things that, that we've talked about. So, so how do we how do we develop God's kind of love and get rid of this this pride and the selfishness in our? How do we overcome? How do we root out envy in our lives? Some might say that, uh, that, that, well, envy and pride comes actually from a, a low self-esteem, so we need to bump up or boost our self-esteem. That, that would seem to make sense that, 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 that uh, if, if low self-worth is triggering our pride and envy, then, then we would improve our view of ourselves in order to diminish our pride and envy. But even at that, uh, we're still basing our life on comparison. Am I better than the people around me or not? Um, am I, uh, where, where do I find my worth? My worth is 
in what I can do better than you or a better approach I think approach I think is to get out of the comparison game altogether to quit comparing ourselves to the people around us rooting out envy has to involve finding a completely new foundation for our self-worth your worth is not dependent upon or compared to the people around you Life is not a competition. God did not intend our lives to revolve around who's better and who's worse. Your worth is rooted, established, and founded on the solid rock of God's unconditional and matchless love for you. Where does this list come from in 1 Corinthians 13? From God. It's, it's who God is and how he loves. He is patient and kind. He is not rude. He, is, he does not envy. He is not self-seeking. Uh, all the rest, it, it comes from God, and, and that's how he loves you. If you are ever going to, if we are ever going to love God uh, from that same place, we have to root ourselves in his love and how he has loved us God loves you and when you and I begin to realize that it doesn't seem to matter whether Phil Mickelson shoots five under or whether the the guy across the street got a raise my worth isn't connected to them my worth is connected to God and his love for me The cure for pride, for envy, for selfishness and all the rest is is to immerse yourself and accept God's love for you. If we can accept the fact that God loves us so fully and completely, we then have the root, the foundation where which we can love others with that same kind of love. This morning I want to read just several passages that, uh, that, 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 maybe can cleanse us of some of this pride and arrogance and comparison in our lives. That I want these things to maybe just wash across your soul today. Maybe you want to put your pen down and quit filling out blanks for a little bit or you just want to close your eyes and listen. Not close your eyes and sleep. Close your eyes and listen. And as I read these things, these are the word of God for you. Let this wash across your soul today. And let it root out and cleanse the, 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 the jealousy, the envy, the pride that we might have living there. Isaiah 43, uh, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name and you are mine. You are precious in my sight and I love you. Ephesians chapter 3 I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Psalm 139, uh, beginning in verse 13. uh, You, God, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious are your thoughts concerning me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them... They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. 
First John 3, 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Psalm 103, beginning in verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, So great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. We could go on and on and on. Those are so much more than just words on a page, but literally hearing the heart of God for you. God loves you. You are precious and honored in his sight. You are his child. He doesn't compare you to anyone else. He loves you for you. We've got to live out of that. If we do, we've got the seed of what it means to start loving the way God loves. What can we do uh, if we sense ourselves turning toward pride and envy? Uh, We've already said, immerse yourself in the love of God. Recognize that God loves me, that he's not comparing me to anyone else, that it's not up to how I perform, that God will love me anymore uh, if, if I do better or if I do bad, that God will love me any less. He loves me completely. Immerse yourself in the love of God and love out of that love. Uh, serve others secretly in love. Uh, there's, uh, we talked about this in our uh, uh, group this morning uh, uh, before, before church, we talked about hiddenness, the discipline of hidden, being hidden or secret, doing things, doing hidden acts of love for others, not for recognition or status, uh, but, but just to, uh, to, to serve without getting anything for us. And it, it gets rid of that habit of needing to compete or to think, oh, I'm better than so-and-so or they'll think good of me if I do this. So serve others secretly in love. Another thing is to pray. Well, that's always the church answer. We got to say pray, but it's, it's the, always the church answer because it's always the right thing to do. Uh, if you're praying for someone, you find yourself jealous of someone or envying someone's position, um, pray for them. It's going to be real hard to keep that envy uh, working in your heart for them if you're truly praying for God's blessing in their life. If you're praying for God's blessing and secretly jealous when they get God's blessing, something's not going right there. Uh, pray for, for people. Uh, and then there are, there are some things I think that we can incorporate into our, uh, our, our vocabulary that might, might help us to, uh, maybe as we speak things, it can train our heart to, uh, to, to change a little bit too. Uh, say things like, you go first. Ooh, that's a hard one. Start off right with a hard one. You go first. Or, I'm sorry. There's, a, there's a something to say. Way to go. Celebrate with other people as they do good things. Uh, maybe I need you. Maybe thank you. I'm happy for you. How can I help? Just a few things, uh, a few things that we can say that we can incorporate into our vocabulary that, um, that can help us to get rid of pride and envy. I, I think one big thing is to um, is just acknowledge this when it happens. Um, just, uh, man, it's just a few weeks ago, something, uh, uh, I heard about something and uh, it's something that, that somebody might be getting and I wasn't getting it, and they were. And immediately I, I was like, wow, that makes me mad, and I'm jealous of them. This is, uh, this is probably a problem here, God. What, uh, what, where's this coming from? And I literally had to stop what I was doing and spend time praying to get rid of that. 
um, it, and, and just acknowledging that this is possible and recognizing it when it happens, I think, is a huge thing in, uh, in, in uh, overcoming it and to live a life of love that is focused on others and not just on ourselves. William Law, in his book, The Spirit of Prayer, wrote this. If you could see what every stirring of pride does to your soul, you would beg of everyone you meet to tear the viper from you. If you could see what a sweet, divine, transforming power there is in humility, how it expels the poison from your nature and makes room for the Spirit of God to live in you, you would rather wish to be the footstool of all the world than want the smallest degree of it. We live to love people to life, and we can't do that with pride and arrogance and selfishness living in our hearts. Love is patient and kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It isn't proud. It doesn't dishonor others, and it's not self-seeking. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, even in this moment, right now, to places or relationships or situations where we've allowed pride or envy or selfishness to, to creep in. Root it out, Lord. We, we don't want any of that in our lives. We want to represent you and your love in the relationships that we have. Lord, there could be husbands and wives who, who need to deal with some stuff. There could be parents and kids who need to get back on track. It could be that, that, uh, that, that there's been some jealousy or envy in, in our relationships at work or at school. It could be that, that we're secretly wishing certain things that we shouldn't be. Lord, I, I pray that you would root this out, that, that, you would, that we could truly be characterized by being people of love, true love, your kind of love, not just a, a superficial love, but a love that goes deep and a love that is focused on others and not just on ourselves. Lord, I pray that as we go from here, that you will supernaturally empower us to love like you love. In Jesus' name we pray.